I have no hope apart from God. I have no hope apart from God. And God is so good to me. Because where I have no hope, God gathers me and lifts me up and says, here I am. Do you have no hope apart from God? Welcome. Welcome in this place. Welcome. So let us begin. So then, putting away falsehood, let us speak truth, all of us, to our neighbor. For we are one and one another. Yippee. <laughs> God said, <laughs> let us speak truth. Oh, yeah. Not about one another. <laughs> to one another. Oops. <laughs> Maybe I'm supposed to speak about my own truth. <laughs> not, not so much about the truth I know so well about you. <laughs> oh, I guess we're going to get spiritual, huh? Yeah, we're going to get spiritual. Why? Because we are a part of one another. And what I do unto you, in turn, is done unto me. This is an amazing promise. It is a beautiful gift, and it is frightening sometimes how really connected we are. Let us put away all falsehood. It means let us get rid of trying to pretend something isn't what it is. You know what I'm talking about. Stop pretending you don't know something's true when you know it's true. Let us put away all falsehood and speak truth to one another. I have this most wonderful best friend named Poppy. Poppy and I have been best friends for over 20 years. I love this woman with all of my heart, with all of my soul. I love this woman. We are the kind of friends that have walked through the good, you know it, the bad, and yeah, the ugly. We are the kind of friends, I hope you have one of these kinds of friends, where we do this thing that we're talking about today, where I can call her and I can say, oh my God. All right, so, okay, so, okay, so just listen for a minute. Okay, so, all right, I didn't really mean to do it, but, uh, yeah. So I told this lie to my partner, and the minute it came out of my mouth, I realized, oh my God, 
that was stupid, and that was a lie. But now you're going to sound really stupid if you say, oh, I just lied to you. So I'm not, I didn't say I just lied. So then I just kind of kept going with it, thinking it would go away. But then you know how it sort of came around. And then the next thing you know, I had to lie again to catch up with the first lie. And then, oh my God, like this lie thing, it got really big. And I'm just thinking, okay, so what am I supposed to do here? Because now I'm going to seem really stupid. Because I'm going to say like, okay, like, Two weeks ago, I told you this lie, and then this one, and then this one, and this one, and oh my God, it's really a mess. And well, okay, so here's what I'm thinking. I just like forget about the whole thing, be really, really nice, maybe buy a present, and I promise that I won't do this again. And you know, that's good, right? And this is where my very wonderful best friend says, Okay, so is this the part where I'm just supposed to be listening to you and then sort of co-sign your stuff? <laughs> or is this the part where you really want me to tell you the truth, what I really think about what's going on here? And I sort of want her to co-sign, <laughs> but I know the reason I called this friend is because she loves me and she knows me, and she's there with me, and this is her life too we're talking about, and she wants me to be free and whole. She wants me to live in the truth, and she'll say, okay, it's gonna come back and get you anyway. The truth always shows up, amen? Amen, amen. it always shows up. Better to look stupid and ugly right now than put it off for another couple months, during which time you feel bad, you feel guilty, any weird look, any weird comment, you start tripping in your head, it makes you distant, <laughs> then you start getting really weird, you start taking things wrong, it gets to be a bigger mess, you might as well just do it now. <laughs> and I say, you're right, you're right. And I start to feel a little better already. We are the kind of friends where she can call me and say, oh... I have the two most beautiful children, gifts from God. They are perfect in every way, intelligent, passionate, artistic, capable, and I hate them right now, and I wish they would both move to Alaska. <laughs> oh my God, I'm a terrible mother. I can't believe I just said that I'm evil, aren't I? And then I get to say to her, is this the point where I'm just listening to you? <laughs> And then I say, it's going to be okay. Or is this the part where I tell you some truth? Like you're not getting enough rest lately. You haven't been taking care of yourself. And really, you have no one to blame but yourself that they're getting on your nerves because you need to put you first in order to serve other people from fullness. And so, honey, come on. Take a long bath. Have them go out with Dad to the movies and start taking care of first things first. And she says, ouch, you're right and she's freer, and things are getting better. That's that kind of friendship that we have. There is a Buddhist spiritual principle that says, a spiritual friend is the one who insults you. <laughs> and I love that, because it's true. Because what that principle is trying to say is the one who wakes us up and doesn't co-sign our sleepy, slipping away into the things that really make us feel terrible, is the one who's a spiritual friend, the one who is willing to insult us enough for us to be 
moving toward wholeness and wellness because we know that freedom, living life fully is what we are really hungry for. That's what we're seeking. So a spiritual friend says, I'm with you in that for that deeper, bigger thing. So let's wake up. God is with you. That was very nice. Let's try that again. God is with you. And also with you. Yes. So what would it be like if you really believed that? What would it be like if you really, really, not up here, 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 let that belief in deep. What would it be like if you took it in all the way down so it became true in you? How would your life change? What would you say if I told you it's true already? What would you say if I told you it's true already? God is with you. Already. And the reason we may not be feeling that down in here is on us. Insulting enough? Insulting? All right, let me keep going then. <laughs> Here we go. That sign that you are waiting for, you don't need it. That unworthiness you're convinced of and you are hanging on to, nobody's asking you to. You can let it go. The semantics and theological arguments you're having in your head about what I'm saying or what other people who are speaking truth are saying, that argument that you go back and forth and you try and get yourself on that point instead of listening to what you're hearing in here, not going to help you. And whether this works with what you've been taught or not is irrelevant. And that complete understanding that you think you need to have before you believe, it doesn't work that way. It comes after. God is with you. It's true already. This is where we are when we come into our gospel experience with Jesus in John's account today. Jesus has been traveling around with some people, I'm sure not like us at all, just some people. Some people who've said, oh, I want to follow Jesus. Not like us. 
Some people just saying, I want a spiritual way of life. I want to be a disciple. I'm really hungry for God. I'm really thirsting for God. You know, just some people. And um, they've been following Jesus around. And Jesus turns to them the chapter before we get to this. And he says, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And that it is they that testify on my behalf. Yet you refuse to come to me and have life. Insulting. You betcha. <laughs> we move into this chapter, and the people still are following along behind him, even though he's insulted them a bit. And they're saying, We're sticking with you because we want some signs. We want some signs, Jesus. And they follow him in. Do they get him? Sure they do. Sure they do. They say, oh my goodness, I loved what you did with that man that couldn't walk down by the pool over there. Got right up. He started walking. It was awesome. That was a sign, all right. Give us some more of that. <laughs> he gave them some signs. They said, Oh, and we really loved all those, like, 5,000 people. They were all hungry and stuff. And you only had a couple loaves of bread, but all of a sudden, everybody was eating, and there was stuff left over. That, good sign. That was a good sign. We're with you. Let's see some more of that. They kind of glossed over the part where Jesus said to the one who could not walk down by the water, you. Take up your mat and walk. I kind of slid over that part. And they weren't really paying attention when Jesus said, Take what you have, gather it up, give thanks to God, and feed them yourselves. Kind of passed over that part. They said, We're looking for some signs. We'd like that. They're following along and clamoring, and Jesus gets in a boat and goes away. <laughs> See ya. And the people, what do they do? Chase right along after him. Come back. Come back. They get to him, and he turns around. And he says, look. You ate of the bread already. I gave it to you. You ate. It's in you. It is in you. You're following me everywhere looking for signs. Looking for something out here. You already have it. I gave it to you. You ate. It's in you. You think you're following me because you're hungry for something you don't have. Let me tell you, you are hungry for what you do have. You are hungry for what you have already. What you have already is the bread of life, true life. It is the thing that will sustain you forever. They listen, and they say, huh. Okay, so how do we earn this stuff? <laughs> he says, no, no. 
You just believe in what I am saying to you. Just believe in it. I'm not asking you to agree with it, figure it out. Just believe in it. It's yours. You have it. Welcome. And they say, hmm. Now, what sign are you going to give to prove us that what you say is true? <laughs> you know, I mean, seriously, like Moses out in the desert with our ancestors, manna from heaven, that kind of thing. What do you got? <laughs> he says, Moses did not provide you with the bread of heaven. God did. So let's try this again. I am the bread of heaven. I am here with you. Let's get in relationship with each other and be close and connected. Take in the thing I'm offering, this truth, this loving, this open and everlasting way of life. Just belief. And they say, huh, okay. Well, let's have some of that then. And that's where we come in. So we hear the scripture about Jesus saying, I'm the bread of life. And when we hear it like we heard it this morning, it might sound really sweet and, and light. <laughs> I'm the bread of life. You will never hunger. You will never thirst. I am yours. Hallelujah. And we say, yes, this is our Savior. We love this. That's not how this is happening. He's been having this conversation up to this point. He is saying, I am the bread of life. Hello, me, pay attention. Listen. All those things you put in front of it are not necessary. Pay attention. Whoever comes to me will be fed. Whoever believes in me, will never thirst. Everyone who comes to me has already been drawn, already, by God. Everyone who believes in me will be raised up. All shall be taught by God. Whoever believes has life everlasting. Whoever eats of the living bread will live forever. Oh, and the living bread, that's me. And the bread I give for the life of the world, it's my flesh. And they say, oh my goodness, had me up until the flesh part. That freaks me out a little bit. Your flesh, why are you saying your flesh? And they get very freaked out about this. They say, what are you, trying to tell us to be cannibals? This is too weird. This is strange. I'm not really so sure. And there they go. Back into the language, back into the arguing. No matter that they've been saying they're thirsty, 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 hungry, hungry, hungry. He's saying, here, come and get it. They're saying, I'm not so sure. I can't really do that. That's a little freaky, this flesh thing. Yikes. So what happens then? Even his disciples pull aside with him. They say, Jesus, that teaching, little difficult. 
hard to accept. He says, I know. I know. In essence, I was just trying to get you to understand this shocking truth. I want to be intimate with you. Flesh of my flesh, blood of my blood, we are one in truth and in life everlasting. Let me in to you. Let me in. Come into me. Let us become one together. This is life everlasting. Everything I talk about is in spirit and in truth. Don't get caught up on this thing. But most of the people, what do they do? They go away anyway. Jesus is saying, let's get real. Let's put away falsehood and speak the truth to one another. The thing that you are looking for, and I'm going to speak to you now if I might. It may not apply to all of you. But if you are here, I am assuming already you would not be here unless you were drawn by God. And I am assuming that you have, like I do, some spiritual hunger, some spiritual truth that you come here hungering and thirsting for an intimate relationship with the God who knows you and sees you and loves you completely through a grace that you cannot even comprehend. I'm assuming that that might be true for you. And what Jesus is saying is, okay then, it's right here. And please pardon me, for I might insult you. But if you are feeling distant and hungry, and that it's not working for you, and that you've come over and over again, and it just feels flat, and you know all this already, and I've already read those scriptures, and I already know all this, and yeah, 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 and my prayers feel empty, and you know, come on, give me something else. I need something bigger. I need something better. Give it to me. What do you got? It's on you. Because it's here, the truth you're hungering for. It's here. It's not here. It's there. It's in you. It is shocking and true. And you are being asked to believe in it. In that place of truth, that what you seek, the love of God, is already in you. How would your life change if you lived from that belief? God is with you. We can put away the boxes. We can stop the arguments. We can get off our butts and quit being lazy about it. We can take responsibility for our own spiritual relationship with the God who chooses us personally. We can pray 15 extra minutes a day and simply say, God, show me. Because I'll tell you what, God will. We can get with a spiritual friend 
and tell them the truth about what's troubling us and experience the relationship that can make us whole again as they love us and encourage us and speak the truth so that we can be who it is we really, truly are longing to be. We can do these things if we choose. God is with us. It's our turn. As creepy as it can feel, as strange and weird, as unusual or suspicious, the truth is you have to get up close and take a bite. And you need to start chewing. And you need to swallow. Because that's the part that Jesus can't do for us. How do I know this? Because I'm a human being. And I've had some eating difficulties myself. (laughs) Well, so here's how it goes. Take a bite, and sometimes that bites. (laughs) Feels a little sharp. Make the effort. Chew a little. May not like the taste. May not be sure what you're eating. Chew it anyway, and then swallow. Stay present. Allow it to come in and through you. Do whatever the practice is that you know already is calling you. Tell the truth to yourself or to a friend that you know already you need to speak. Lay it down. Lay it down. Let it in. Take a bite. Chew. Swallow. God is with you. All that's left is for you right now. Be with God.